You're listening to the Slow Ride podcast. Likes, advice, and rumors straight from the source. The Slow Ride Podcast. And on Twitter at Slow Ride Pod. Enjoy the ride. Hello and welcome to the 193rd episode of the Slow Ride Podcast. This is Tim in Orlando, Florida. Sniff, sniff, cough, cough. This is Matt in Minneapolis. And this is Spencer in Boston. You guys, I've still got Olympic fever. I know it's been a whole week, but it, they're still on. I don't know if it's like a Grand Tour situation or or what, but... <laughs> yeah, it's three weeks, I think. I was. Like I got all the tour. hype. Like the hype was building like until the events and then they, you know, I watched a few and then... I thought that would be it, but it's still going. So I've still got okay. Olympic fever, you guys. Hmm. How about you? It's, I, wa- I watched a little I, speed skating. I think there's only a couple days left. This week. So. There's only a couple okay, days. I on. watched a little speed skating. It was good. Yeah, one at a time. Little guy, what, yeah. what did you do? Speed skating. I watched my speed skating. Okay. That's short good. track or long track? I, I've seen a little bit of both. I watched I watched some short and some, and some the big track the other day. Mm. I've watched zero long track. I'm waiting for the mass start event because that's the only long track event yeah. that I think matters. It is boring. I've been I watching mean, it's um, a time trial. I've been watching some skeleton. Um, that's been cool. We've been pointed out to us many times on Twitter um, that they have really cool helmets, they do. which they do. Yes. So they actually did stuff. And I watched a little bit of bobsled today, and I was like, you know what? I really don't like the bobsled, so I'm kind of done with the bobsled. What do, you, and what, do you, what do you have against the bobsled exactly? It's a it's a little too slow. Okay. The you know, skeleton luge, I feel they're on the edge of, like edge of my seats. I'm like, okay. wow, someone could honestly really get hurt. Bobsled is just two really jacked up dudes, or four <laughs> jacked up dudes, or the women's team, and they're probably people I would never want to hang out with. Like they they look like the type of people that would be at the bar that would look at me and be like, "You ride a bike." And then I'm be like, oh yeah, you know, mm-hmm. like they just they seem like a little too, uh, bro, too bro- broski for me. But the skeleton dudes are just extreme sport weirdos. They're like probably yeah. bungee jumping on their days off because they're just like, I yeah. need I need that chance of death constantly. Base, yeah. base jumping. Yeah, they yeah. probably ride full suspension mountain bikes with yeah. you know like I don't know well, I don't know how much travel mountain bikes have now, but a lot big travel. Is that yeah. what they call it? Yeah, you're gonna want at least six, <laughs> eight inches, even. Do you just now? Do you just walk in the uh, store and you say "big travel," and they they know what you mean? I'm gonna need some long travel. Is, is long what, travel? What you would say? Okay. Yeah, long travel. I don't say, say big oh, travel. Got you it. looking to do some enduro? Or are you downhilling? What's up? Because there's a slight mm-hmm. difference between all that stuff. I'm led to believe. And if I say. In my off time, I do skeleton. They'll probably take me straight for the gnarliest bike available. Yeah, I think so. Can I? Yeah. Now, just to wrap up this Olympic fever a little bit, or maybe you guys have more to talk about. I just want to point out that for how much talk the skeleton luge and bobsled get, there's only 16 tracks around the world. Oh, yeah. Like velodromes, there's 16 in the US, and we're always like, man, that's not a lot. No. But the. For sports that capture the imagination are so like not even one percenter like yeah. like set up. Like it is like there's only sixteen tracks. There's not very many people that have a lot of access to the no, this sport. It's no. not uh it's not really well, the sport of the people, but it does involve almost dying. So that's, that's true. Kinda... And really, how many people can you get in the mix with like the fancy airbrushed helmets? Like you need the best mm-hmm. of the best. You need to make sure that you've only got a select number of people that can get into the realm, you know, get into the ring, well, as yeah. it were. Well, that means you got to have a track and you got to have a mall near the track. Mm-hmm. And that's like a combination that's really difficult. Cause sometimes I've, you have a track, but you don't have a yeah. good air, like mall, like a stall at the mall. I feel like that's something Canada would have locked down, you know? Oh, yeah. Well, do you think that a there's... Hermit crab too? Like you need one, like... Uh, airbrush guy at the mall do you, do you think that there's someone with the airbrush that shows up at the olympics and sets up like a 10 by 10 easy up tents like hey um, i will paint your uh your helmet because based on, i mean it's based very on limited a few of what uh the artworks that i saw i would think maybe one guy's there making a little mm-hmm. bit of money but 
most of people had pretty professionally done helmets. I would be too superstitious to get my helmet airbrushed day of. You know what I mean? Like, I I feel well, like you got to have that. You got to have that worked out. I, you know, you, like how do you know what your you inspiration ch- is? Yeah, and you don't. Yeah, you know, you don't change your lucky race socks. You guys ready to uh, get into actual bike stuff, or do you want to uh, talk about being a master skeleton racer, Spencer? Uh, I've I've got my titanium sled on order, so. I cool. will. Uh, I'll follow up with you guys. I'll circle back. Can I? Can All I get right. something off my chest right away, guys? I I didn't watch the Olympics this morning. Okay. I got up. I turned on my computer, not to even watch cross. I wanted to watch a time trial. Hey guys, I've. It was weird. Oh, where, where is little guy, and what have you done with him? Yeah, I'm here. I'm right here. I, I feel I, like I'm watching I, episode I, of Last Starfighter. I intended to do this. It wasn't. It wasn't just an accident. Yeah. It wasn't like I turned it on and I was like, "Oh, time trial's on. I guess I'll watch it." I was like, "I'm gonna watch this time trial." I made sure I plugged the computer in, the laptop in last night, so it was all charged up and ready to go. Oh my god! Is this the time trial that the Ruta de Sol or whatever? And it yeah. was like on the dirt road. Yeah, there's dirt roads. I was excited because it it, it it promised dirt roads. I didn't know what they were gonna be like, and I was excited because. Tim Wellens was having within a shot of of dethroning Walt Poles and winning the GC, which he did, which I loved. Okay, and you're you're the one that watched it, so explain to our um, dozens of listeners who are smart enough to never watch a time trial oh. because they listen to our show. Yeah, can you please explain exactly what the heck you're talking about? Because all I've seen is a picture sent to us from uh, uh, Colby Cheesy on yeah. Twitter of the dirt road time trial. What else was there? Like, why why should we care? Well. It's a nice little week-long stage race, or I forget how many stages it is. I don't watch so many stages of it. But what's cool is it had dirt roads and a time trial, but they weren't they weren't like gnarly dirt roads or anything. They weren't really grinding the gravel. They're still on time trial bikes. I was hoping really? this was what part of my hope. My, my hope was that I would show up and they would have it would be the roads would be rough enough that they would have to to ride their road bikes, you know, like stock. And you know, that's like I would rather watch TTs if they were stocks. So I was hoping for that, and then they were still on time trial bikes. That kind of bummed me out, so but no, I, I pushed nobody, through and I finished. Yeah, nobody it. nobody went with like a weird full suspension road bike somehow. Or <laughs> Not that I breaks. saw. I mean, I watched the last like six dudes. It was, here's what was nice about it: it had gravel, so that added a weird element to the time trial. Mm-hmm. Um, it was short. It was like a 17 minute. Like the winning time, Modella Cruz was like 17 minutes. So the, I like a short time trial like that is great because like it can hold my attention between two or three guys fighting for a spot. And yeah, there was a rider I liked going for the win. So yeah. I could actually care. And it was a rare thing. And I felt Did, weird, but I just felt like I had to admit it right off the bat. You know, make sure you guys now, know. Yeah. Can I still be on the podcast? Uh, well, well, maybe. I'm going to take this back yeah, to, the, uh, right. to the green room after the show. How many... Um, were, was everyone on time trial bikes? That or I was saw, there yeah. like any... Oh, okay, there wasn't any like unique, goofy like someone just had clip-ons on like no. a titanium plus bike or anything. Maybe like, there wasn't. S- maybe some of the like non-world tour teams were. Yeah. Did anybody <laughs> but... do like a uh, a cycle cross front wheel just for a little extra traction, just in case? Oh, I hope so. Not now that I saw. Though I did notice one thing, and I was I was I was thinking about this looking at the race. Everyone's seems to be rocking discs in the rear on time trials and spoked wheels in the front. A deep spoked wheel, right? Right. But spokes, and Wellens rode a, a tri spoke, and it, it used to be time trial. When I used to like pay attention to time trials, it felt like everyone who was serious was walking rocking a tri spoke, and if you weren't serious, you had spokes. And I was wondering if it's just that way now. Everyone's using spokes because it's cheaper. Like the team's already going to have some super deep spoked wheels just for like flat stages. And they don't have to have tri-spokes right. sitting around. Like if it's not, if it's they're giving up like a second or two just because it means they don't have to have buy 35 wheels, glue up 35 more tires. Like yep. it's got to be, it's got to be logistics <laughs> and not, a, and not a, speed. Yeah. I think that's a solid theory. So, but, you know, uh, Wellens then showed up with the faster wheel. And so anyway, well, I, and one of the, uh, we got a, a Twitter um, mention this past week that, you know, kind of works a little bit in this from Calamity Jan, one of our um, uh, dozens of listeners in Toronto. Oh, so wow. we can talk trash about Toronto in a little bit. Um, 
I like the Toronto. fake North. I can't. <laughs> okay. Now the little guy, you're definitely going to be, uh, maybe placed on probation. This is uh <laughs> dirt time trial. Liking Toronto. Next, if you mention anything positive about St. Louis, then things are really going down. But anyway, St. Louis and Toronto are like different, so, different so got, leagues. <laughs> so we got this tweet from Calamity Jan about our talk last week about the worst of all clients, the mantra, and about how it's just you know should be should just be cast aside and forgotten from the collective memory of of clients. Okay. And what they wrote was. I don't know that you know client a Klein mantra with a uh, Gervin fork and Spinergy wheels. Okay, I bet okay. it rides like garbage. I bet it rides like garbage. But I do miss the days of really goofball tech. Yeah, and I I couldn't agree more because you know this and this goes right into that time trial. It'd be pretty cool to see some people showing up with some goofy, maybe like Spencer said, uh, you know, overcompensation. Like, oh, we're gonna put cyclocross wheels on this <laughs> because it might be a little sandy. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, it's kind of a uh, remember the. To, to a lesser extent, when Ulrich on the uphill time trial Alpe d'Huez, like totally had the time trial bike while everyone else just had clip-ons, yeah. and then he was like in the extensions the whole time up the mm. mountain. You're like, really? Like, how much does that really help? Well, Ulrich so used Goofball to ride tech. the rear. Remember, he used to ride a Walzer time trial bike when he was on T-Mobile that was narrower than whatever the stock Pinarello was. Like, like the whole bike was just narrower. Like his Q factor, like the rear was narrower. Like everything to cut the air that little bit more like no i agree i totally agree um but so you were disappointed a little bit by the time trial you were you yeah you charged up the computer yeah yeah. you yeah. downloaded all of your antivirus software you yep. got that windows 96 up and running yeah and yep. you're I sitting there and you're like all in. right i'm ready to go I'm, you know was, and then and yeah. then you just see a bunch of people on time trial bikes and you're like well this kind of sucks i'd be a little disappointed maybe the uci should have said no time trial bikes you're riding on dirt <laughs> You I need to so. have just drop our road bike. I mean, I wish it would have been that way, but it's still the time trial went the way I was hoping. I got the winner I wanted. Um, and it, it was cool. It had a fast downhill and they all were doing like the arrow tuck oh. uh, on the time trial bike, which it scares the living daylights out of me. Like Landa was doing it. Wellens was doing it. And like, it is frightening. Like those bikes are not stable. Yeah. <laughs> you now, know? Tech wise. Can you tell me, are the, are they all in time trial bikes? Are they all riding 25 tires? Uh, Spencer, you're the tech uh, tire expert. Are they? Are any of them still rocking 23s, you think? or Time trial bikes, they might be. Um, that's the Grab only That's the only chance I would give anybody riding 23s in a pro peloton anymore. But uh, with the gravel, yeah, they might not have been today. So who knows? Yeah. I don't know. Um, it's... If 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 anyone goes back and watches it, the time trial is not worth watching. But the, the previous <laughs> stage... Uh, Wellens and Landa came to the line and it is a crazy steep cobbled climb finish and it's totally worth watching the last like five minutes like it's like stage three or whatever like it's brutal it's awesome and it and it leads us into the fact that in a week real bike racing starts well I was just about to say like the you know the the season right now is a little uh still a little preseason right and now we've got actual real bike racing happening um, and just a, a quick shout out, uh, I don't know if you guys uh, saw this cause the season is around the corner. Dan from Nam did announce yeah. his, uh, his new team. So, uh, friend yeah. of the podcast and one of our favorite professional cyclists is still in the professional Peloton. Um, he's riding for a continental team and he's still continuing to go after his, um, long-term goal of being the professional cyclist that races the most in, um, most- or the most different countries. Yes. Uh, UCI race in the most countries. He's well on his way. So his new team is the Embrace World Cycling Team. It is Embrace World is out of Germany. Yep. Um, it's uh, I believe it's continental team. Um, it might be like right below Pro Continental, so he can do like UCI two point twos. Yep. Uh, he left on good terms with uh, uh, Cycling Academy, as you would expect. As Cycling Academy is taking the uh, the next step into their own um, growth into uh you know starting the giro in the coming weeks so congrats from dan from nam and a uh, good team and we'll definitely be following on his hunt and he'll probably be coming on the podcast in a, a little bit to talk uh about uh rusks and his upcoming season sounds cool. good to me yeah. i'm glad yeah glad and, he got a ride that's awesome congrats I'm and now and now that we've got that out of the way right and the preseason is almost all over we're mm-hmm. into real bike racing and that is next weekend with yeah. hetvoke in um and kbk to see who wins the donkey yeah the quick um, step. a race 
a race that George Kincapi has won in the past, and then you've got Quick Step, who's going to be probably crushing it. So uh, on KBK, not the, not on not on head, but uh, yeah, no, go but, that's the formula. You know, is, good stuff. Uh, Quick Step will dominate uh, Het. And then screw it up at the end. Screw it up. And then, so then the next day at KBK, they'll take, they'll sweep the podium because. Yeah, one, two, three. They need to make up for it. Yeah. Yeah. So good stuff going in. And the big news, of course, Vout Van Aert is doing Hetvoke. Yeah. And his team also got an invite to Strada Bianca, which is, I think, in two weeks. So we're going to be seeing some Vout Van Aert out there. Are you guys excited for this for the Cyclocross World Champion to be donning the uh, donning the armband stripes? Is that how it at, works? Uh, I was wondering yeah. how the tech, if he could do that because it was in a different discipline, but he can. Well, but he's already won it. You know, mm-hmm. Michael Rasmussen, the chicken, you may mm-hmm. remember, had World Championship stripes on his from the, Rabobank from bank the sleeves bikes. Yeah, from yeah. mountain bike. Okay. Um, Cadell Evans uh, broke his collarbone four or five times. <laughs> the stripes that he had on his arms didn't protect him, but he also <laughs> won those in the Mountain Bike World Championships. True. So. Until he wore them on the road. Um, yeah, I'm excited. I, I'm a little... I just don't know how it's going to go. I'm just like... I just don't know. Is he going to be good? Is he going to be competitive? Or is he just going to be tired? You know? I just don't know what to think. I think... Obviously, we'll find out this week... Maybe, yeah. but then he's going to do Strata. Like, maybe he needs a couple weeks to, like, get his road legs under him. It's a lot of pressure. Now, on at Umloop, they also do do a uh, a women's elite race, which is pretty cool to see. So that is, um, I believe, one of the, uh, you know, final tune-ups for the women's world tour race. So um, pretty cool to see. Guys, real quick, I'm just going to call it right now. Greg Van Amberat will be taking the win at uh, oh, Umloop. No way, man. Um, well, right. I called it. <laughs> Okay, so, it's already right. been called, little guy. Yeah. Oh, well, okay. I oh man, I get. I didn't know that we could choose winners, and if I just if I just said it first, it, or it's going to be T Spinut. You guys know I'm all about T Spinut, so that T-Spinute. might be the one. But anyways, I don't really. Uh, I think we're going to maybe do a uh, partake in a Velo Games uh, Spring Cycling Classics League. We will post that on Twitter, so take a look. Um, we might uh, cobble together a league uh, with some friends on on Twitter. We'll make sure to post it. Just hit up uh, at the Slow Ride Pod. What well, you guys got? I I got Tim Wellens all the way, man. He's obviously got the form. He says he want he's gunning for it. Um, he's probably telling Tease to work for him. And that Lotto team is stacked. Like the Red Lotto team, they got Tim Wellens, they got Tease, who I agree could be there, and they got uh, Jens Kirkalier now. So that's that's three guys that could win this race on that team. I think they're gonna basically become Quick Step in terms of destruction of this race though i will say quick step you know they got a they got a solid lineup it's hard to know though it's so early in the season so i'm just going with the guy who won today you know because it's like so so little guys got tim wellens there's a lot Um, of mystery form around right now there's a lot of like guys who've shown flashes but there's a lot of big names on that start list that i don't even know if they've raced or they've raced they've just sort of spun around in the peloton you know like right who knows? And who do you got, Spencer, for the win? Uh, you know, honestly, I haven't looked at the start list yet, so I don't have a, a good uh, idea. But um, one guy that I've you- noticed has been racing really well, and I have absolutely no idea if he's doing this race or if he would do well in this race, but I'm going to call him out anyway because sort of like little guy, I've been noticing him doing well lately, <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> is, uh, is Nathan Haas. Yeah, he's been riding well. He's been very is, well um, is for, he racing? for the Katusha team. He's not on the start list. No? Uh, no. I guess you got to pick someone else, Spencer. And then well, in 16th place, I'm going to call a T, I'm going to call Oscar Gatto. <laughs> oh, you almost said Tease Benute. You can't do that. Yeah. 16th is Oscar Gatto. <laughs> okay. Oh, man. I got to pick a 16th, too, then? Um, I'm going to just follow you, Tim, and pick somebody that's also on Astana but isn't Oscar Gatto. I'm going to say 16th place, Michael Valgren. Mm. Oh wow, wow! Got, he's on the start list, so that's, there you yes. go. We're both he's a, uh, winning. He's a good racer, man. I mean, that that that's a totally respectable well, spot. Now, Spencer, we got a lot riding on this. Yeah. I can offer you some advice, no, no, like no. Sasha I've, Modelo. I've got it. Um, I've got this. I've got this because for sixteenth okay. place, I do know one person that is on the start list, and then I'm going to pick them, and that is Wout Van Aert. Oh, okay, <laughs> that's good. That's good. I would have gone with Stein Devolder from the same team, but you know, whatever. I like it. No, I think mine's better. Okay. <laughs> um, 
Well, you don't want to pick another uh, first first tier guy, Spencer. You got you got all your big names, other than Peter Sagan, basically. Right. I mean, Spencer, can I recommend? Um, I don't know, Sonny Cobrelli. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, yeah. solid pick. There solid. you go. You know who I'd like to see, and it's only it's because so. Sagan's not doing this. He's he's supposedly at altitude, getting ridiculously fast for later in the year. I'd like to see Daniel Oss pull this one off. Like he's only going to get a couple chances to ride for himself all spring. Obviously, he's in the service of Sagan. It would be really nice to see Oss take the win. He's got the hair too. And then you know, like to get a good win, and then Sagan comes back and just then every team's super scared because they're like, man, Oss is flying, and we know Sagan's going to be flying. You know, I I just like this race because of all the uh, the minor league teams that are allowed in, right? Like, there's it's so lot. much better than, like, a ASO race where only the 18... Like, it, there's, like, six wildcard teams here. I mean, Room Pots there, little guy, you got to be yep. pretty stoked on that. You know, there's... Oh, it's going to be some good stuff. Wanty is going to be there. Mm-hmm. So, uh, Johan Ofredo is going to be looking good, yep. um, as always. So, good stuff. And, um, Spencer, you got a pick? <laughs> what, uh, Pressure, what? Pressure's on. Pressure's on. What is this pick for again? Win. Who's taking the win? Loop. I thought I already for the win. That. No, you no, picked your, Wild Van Art for sixteenth <laughs> place. Your sixteenth place. Oh, I'm so confused, you guys. Uh, let's see. So for the win, I'm gonna go with the. Uh, 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 hmm. I'm gonna go with the uh, 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 Philip Gilbert. Philip oh, Gilbert. Philip I like Gilbert, it. Right? Huh? Now That's I got these pick. picks all written out. Now I will, Spencer, quick question on uh, Philippe uh, Gilbert. Is this a contract year? Because if it's a contract year, very good chance that he actually wins. I think this, it's uh, his last uh, year. No <laughs> uh, so. oh, way, baby. He's going for, he's trying to do all the, all the classics and he's not going to, I know. He's, he's going to have to knock do... him out this year. And then he, what's he going to no. do? It's going to be done. I think he signed a two year deal. I think this is the Did first he? year okay. of a new two year deal for him. So. I, Maybe that, I think Maybe that's what I'm thinking. It of. could go any direction, basically. Well, I think we're both, all three of us are excited for Wout Van Art making his debut. I think that he's going to be showing pretty well. Um, I hope it's almost like when uh, Matthew Vanderpool showed up to the UCI Mountain Bike World's Cup and no one knew who he was yeah. except uh, Bill from Crosshairs Radio. <laughs> and he still got like, you know, a second place from deep in the back. So uh, it's exciting. Uh, good luck to Wout Van Art. Um, lots of other things coming up. Um, Including, you know, with racing starting, we've got the long term of the Giro starting in the uh, um, in Jerusalem and Israel. So uh, with that, I think uh, we should uh, lead right into the prem lap. I'm Ellen Noble, and you're listening to the Slow Ride Podcast. And this week on the podcast, we once again are racing for Endura, endurasport.com. Go to endurasport.com and use coupon code WIDEANGLE20 to save 20% off on the entire catalog for U.S.-based listeners. Um, and this code will be good all the way through the end of the month. So if you're a, uh, a late listener to the uh, pod and you want to maybe go back and listen to how we did on our Umloop picks, you have until the 28th of February to use uh, this coupon code. And with that, uh, WideAngle20 at the end of Endurosport.com. And there's all a variety of things for you to choose from. I would recommend that you look at the ProSL light bib shorts. These are the same bib shorts that the Movistar team wears that people have been asking about because they have the perforations in the side. So you can see like the, uh, um, so it allows, you know, it's a much more lightweight. Like it's kind of got the, um, almost like mesh side panels. It's pretty cool. Summer bibs. Yeah, check them out. The ProSL Lite, they come in three different pad width options. So you can match it to your saddle. So if you like the the wide chamois pad for a little bit more cushion for a, more of an mm-hmm. upright ride, you can get that. Or if you're like the uh, Physique Arione saddle user, you get the narrow pad and uh, be real arrow and comfortable. So check it out. Endurasport.com, coupon code WIDEANGLE20 for US-based listeners through the end of February 2018. All right. Well, I'm going to watch Umlaup. And I'm assuming it's going to be basically Ken Woods weather. And I'm going to look at Movistar. I'm going to make a note of everything they're wearing. And then I'll order that so I can survive (laughs) at Ken Woods. You should. 
That's a, that's a good call. Maybe you can get a, a jacket. We're going to talk a little bit about a wind jacket that you could uh, definitely have. Um, and Spencer, who else are we racing for on the prem lap this week? Uh, once again, we're racing for Health IQ. Um, this podcast is supported by Health IQ. They're a life insurance company that celebrates the health conscious, uh, including cyclists. Um, you can check it out at healthiq.com slash slow ride. Uh, learn a little bit more about what they're doing and get a free quote. Um, we just had a tweet today um, from somebody that signed up and said they're saving over 200 bucks a year. Um, you know, nice. just by checking it out through uh, through the wide angle podium shows. And that's, that's real money. Like that's somebody that, uh, you know, can afford to buy new tubulars next cross season uh, that they couldn't <laughs> have bought before, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Oh, think about how many latex tubes you can buy. Sure. Um, I've, I've started to become a big fan of latex tubes and $200 gets you almost through like a month's worth of uh, tubes. <laughs> sure. No, and I mean, all you have to do is go uh, uh, com slash slow ride. Uh, find out the information you're looking for. You can go to their uh, their quizzes page and take the cycling quiz. You're going to save 4% right there. You can uh, give them your, uh, your mileage, what you're riding. The exercises you're doing save some more percentages right there and work your way up to that 200 bucks or better. I mean, that's free money. Anyway, do yourself yeah. a favor. Check it out. Uh, do us a favor. HealthIQ.com slash slow ride. Yeah, I'd like to thank both those sponsors. And we also want to remind you, we do have the Wide Angle Podium app, which is available on Google Play and the Apple um, podcast store or uh, iTunes store, excuse me. And when you go there, it the 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 app updates automatically, so it tells you when our new shows arrive, such as the Bike Shop CX, Scott Diedenbach, and Mr. David Palin do a great job of answering listener questions, kind of uh, talking about cross-tech and everything. And little guy, you're not on Instagram, mm-hmm. but Scott Diedenbach of Bike Shop CX did make a post the other day, and it says, we'll sell to little guy for $1,000 to go with his new hat at Wide Angle Podium, and it is a... System U wind jacket. I don't know if you had a chance to see this, but this thing did, yeah, is amazing. Fair. It's it's got that sheen. It's got that starter jacket look. It, <laughs> it, it, it is so good. The things uh the things from uh, Scott Diedenbeck and Mr. David Palin at Bike Shop CX. A must listen. Check it out on the app. Good stuff uh, from the Wide Angle Podium Network of shows. Yeah, yeah. another great show uh, that just dropped an episode uh, was the Honest Bicycle Program came back from their little hiatus and they've got Bill Shiken and Dan Chabanoff on the show this week. So that wow, bringing out all the all-stars. Yeah. That mm-hmm. is an all-star show that uh, should probably be checked out. So uh, don't miss it. Stay informed with the app. Yeah. That's all I got for the pre-lap. I think guys. Awesome. Let's get back to the show. Dan Chavnoff, and I ride for the Richard Sex Cyclocross team, and I hate listening to the Slow Ride podcast every week. All right, guys, we did not get any reviews this past week on Apple iTunes, so Ooh. check it out. Give us five stars. Tell people about us. You know, write something. We'll read it on the air. But we did get a couple of emails. First one comes to us from Bruce Stoffer emails us says so as a fairly new listener it didn't take long to figure out your fan status of george hincapi just wanted to tell you mm-hmm. i'd be racing with him at southern cross on march 3rd and wanted you guys and wanted to know if you guys wanted me to ask him or tell him anything on your behalf also is there a proper etiquette or protocol involved when introducing yourself to a world tour legend please advise enjoy your mm-hmm. podcast would give it five stars if i knew how to rate podcasts Bruce in North Carolina. Bruce, <laughs> thanks for the great email. We appreciate it. A um, couple things here. This is what w- we need our listeners to go to George Hancapi and say, hey, when are you going to show up on the Slow Ride podcast? Mm-hmm. And then maybe just walk away. Don't even wait for an answer, but just kind of like insert it a little bit. And then he's like, man, who are these guys? Because we've had a lot of people do this. Um, the next step is I'm a big fan of not really introducing yourself, but just walking up to a professional athlete. I did this with Mario Cipollini at Interbike. <laughs> just walking up when they're in the buffet line, getting some eggs, and just tapping them on the shoulder, and you already have your phone ready to take the selfie. And then it's really awkward, and you're just like, hey, smile. And then they're not ready for it. Um, so you could do that with Mr. George Hincapia. He might like that. Uh, he mm. 
he's going to look amazing either way because he's a male model. And so you don't really need to get full, full, uh, um, permission maybe for that selfie. That's okay. Don't do that. But definitely ask him about the podcast when he's going to come on. And I don't really have any advice on introducing. How about you, uh, little guy? Like what, like what would you do to introduce yourself to a professional uh, athlete? I'd probably just get scared and not introduce myself. <laughs> All right. That's a pretty good plan. So off this Hincappy question, Spencer, you put on Twitter a uh, poll on what Restaurant 17 yes. was named for. Yes. Did we find out what Restaurant 17 was in fact named for? Well, there's some great uh, yeah, Hincappy information out there related to number 17. So it could be really anything at this point. <laughs> I mean, our uh, our Twitter poll... Um, we asked uh, uh, what what people thought, and the the uh, the vast majority voted. Uh, I think about about fifty percent of our listeners uh, said it was for the seventeen tours de France that he rode, which I guess mm. is accurate. I thought that sounded insane that he was around that long, but he was. Yeah. Um. So that's probably what it is. Uh, he did not win uh, stage seventeen, as I uh, so you know <laughs> adamantly. I uh, expressed last week it was it was stage uh, 15 uh. <laughs> but it happened on July 17th so maybe still maybe, maybe. <laughs> he also finished uh, 17th at uh, the Tour of Flanders once no. and if you count his GC results as well as his uh, individual stages in, in, in uh, classics uh, and things, um, he actually has 17 17th places which is incredible you know that's that's interesting what my i thought for sure it was because the donkey that he won at kbk was actually 17 centimeters tall that could be too it could really be any of these things it's hard to say Uh, i also put uh it was named for the 17 switchbacks and elp duez on that poll and quite a few people voted for that and i hope they did in jest because as we all know uh, the Elp Duez uh, adds another switchback every year, so the number is always in flux. <laughs> well, anyways, uh, great question. We do appreciate the, uh, uh, you know, have fun riding with George. Please go up, ask him when he's going to appear on the Slow Ride podcast with our 200th episode around the corner. Maybe he has what it takes to show up on the show. We will see. I <laughs> uh, got an email from Emil Nielsen. It hits us up, and Emil goes, subject line, Vanderpoel feedback. I happen to know Nils Vanderpool. His grandparents are Dutch, even though he is Swedish. Emil in Oslo. P.S. He didn't win the 5,000 meters. No. Of course, we're talking about Nils Vanderpool, the long track speed skater at the Olympics. Mm-hmm. And Emil in Oslo, I believe that that is a, uh, a Norwegian city. So that means we have a single listener in Norway, wow. which is pretty awesome. That's really cool. And to know so much about long track speed skating... It's pretty cool because they're obviously really into cross country skiing, um, where they've been tearing it up. So that's true. Wow. So we're only two degrees away from an Olympian. I think. Yeah. I think that's like what that means. Yeah. We are getting very close. Um, <laughs> Finger on the so, pulse over here. This is great. Cool. Yeah, thanks. That's good. So that's thanks great. for correcting thanks. our mistakes. Yeah. Thanks for telling um, us. That's again. awesome. Um, got a uh, great uh, question. This this one comes from Mister Mike Payment. By far one of the coolest uh, names I've ever uh, come across. Mike Payment writes, First time listener from Winnipeg, Manitoba, Canada, or as some people say, Winnipeg. So uh, have you guys ever been to Winnipeg? You guys ever I've been nev- to Winnipeg? I've never been there, though I did never have been? a um, a border guard, like when I came back into the U.S. from Vancouver, who said, why didn't you just go to Winnipeg? Like when he saw that I was from Minnesota, and I was like, it's kind of different, dude. So I have... A couple of experiences with Winnipeg. One is I was coming back from Messenger Worlds in Edmonton and I was coming back with four bikes on the roof of my car mm-hmm. and I was just by myself <laughs> and they they took all those bikes apart. They were taking out seat posts, <laughs> flashing lights down there because they were like, uh, what are you bringing back? Were you in BC? Yeah. Were you in British Columbia? They're and I was in this like all by myself in a cinder block wall room without a phone call. It was very strange <laughs> as the... As the U.S. Border Patrol was not willing to take me back. No. My favorite joke about Winnipeg, of course, is you can watch your dog run away for days because it is so flat. <laughs> but my payment continues by going, 
Snot, ro- snot rockets. Funny story, guys. So what should you do when you're riding with your wife and she does a good snot rocket and it lands on you? Uh-oh. I have said, I have said, hey, warn me, but she doesn't. <laughs> I have to lead her. I have to lead her out every once in a while. So I go a few feet behind her, and then she notices and says, "Hey, if I'm leading, you're supposed to draft. It's a no-win scenario. Hmm. So he doesn't want to get too close on the draft because he is going to get snot rocketed on. And in Winnipeg, those are probably some pretty nasty snot rockets that are just you know flowing yeah. out. Yeah. So, um, guys, what are you supposed to do in this situation? I, I mean, man." I don't know. Now, now, what I think what you need to do is figure out the root of the problem. Like, now is he is he half wheeling? Like, is she snot rocketing him? Like we've suggested that you do to people who are, you know, to kind of train them. You know, um, and then he says, "Hey, uh, you know, give me some warning." And she's like, "No, no, no, can't do that. You're gonna get it when you're doing something wrong." If, if you really get down to the crux of it, it sounds like maybe she's just messing with you. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's yeah. a high likelihood. Yeah. Like, yeah. Have you been doing the dishes? Like, yeah. Uh, you know, are you doing the laundry? Like, just make sure, make sure, just try and do all that and see if this kind of keeps up at the same pace. That mm. would be, that have would be you, my first I, uh, suggestion. Yeah. Have you pulled your weight, you know, topped off the wind, windshield washer fluid, you know, <laughs> um, shoveled the walk? Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, there's a lot to do there. But um, we got a couple of other uh, quick uh, Twitter mentions. Um, the first one, uh, uh, quick shout out to Ian King, who has been copying us about a, uh, a, uh, website that he has created for his, uh, college class. And it's all of the mustaches in the winter Olympics <laughs> and, uh, it's pretty good stuff. The Norwegian ski jumper obviously is the gold medal. Um, shout out to Ernie Ernst who hits us up fifth and in the money listening to the slow ride podcast makes earning fourth and fifth and 16th means so much more. LOL, if you're into bikes and not listening to them, you're missing out. So thanks for the uh, shout. And uh, yeah, fourth and fifth place, pretty cool. But, uh, you know, always like that top step of the podium. And if you can't get the top step of the podium, shoot for 16th. Which brings us to the podium snafu of the week. Mm. This was sent to us by multiple people. And we retweeted at the Slow Ride Pod. The rare second place podium bike with a wide angle podium. This... Got a lot of comments, a lot of people saying, you know, I'm usually not a stickler for podium etiquette, but this is the most painful podium we had ever seen. Yeah. Uh, second place, lifting hard. the bike off the ground, Ugh. the Orbea, uh, just taking over. You also had a fifth place finisher with a uh, socks and sandals combo or no. flip-flop Solid. combo. Um, I haven't gone. Cargo, cargo shorts. Yeah, I haven't gone and checked Orbea's website. They may have uploaded this to their uh, results page. <laughs> you know, it'd be like, hey. If you buy this bike, you too could get second place in this random race. Like so in Florida, yeah. <laughs> I mean, you never know. I mean, you do it for the sponsors, and and that makes uh, all the sense in the world, in my opinion. Um, <laughs> now, um, I want to actually uh, pivot just a little bit. Uh, I was watching back to Olympic fever. Uh, mm-hmm. I was watching the women's biathlon uh, uh, twelve and a half k this afternoon, and. They, uh, upon finishing, they did their podium ceremony. They all got their little, uh, stuffed bears or whatever. And that was great. And then they did a second podium afterwards where they all brought up their skis and poles and stuff. And they had an equipment podium afterwards, uh, with all the athletes and their, and their stuff. And I feel like that's kind of what, uh, Derek Bouchard Hall, president of USA Cycling was getting at when we had him on the show. Like, Hey, we're more than happy to do another podium for your bike or with your bike or whatever, if you want to, but we got to do one without it because nobody's happy if, if all that stuff's in there, if that's the only shot. Yeah. So that's a good point. I, that, that shot, like that, that picture, I, if someone did that in second place and I was like first or third, I might just walk off the podium. I wouldn't even like, I just buy. Right. And then just like walk away. Yeah. It was that embarrassing of a shot, but Again, that's a good idea. I like what they're doing at the Olympics with the uh, the, the equipment podium. It's a good idea. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> and then we got uh, one more tweet. This one uh, comes to us from Tristan Lamond. Hits us up all the way from the UK. Something for everyone at the Muswell Hill bike jumble this morning. Yes. Sounds good. Now, guys, a bike jumble. Mm-hmm. I didn't know that a bike swap in the UK is a bike jumble. And I have to admit... We like to take things 
and appropriate them here in America and act like they're our own, we failed as a nation when we started calling them a bike swap and not a bike jumble. A bike jumble, I mean, guys, it's that is that is, that's yeah. winning. Like that, like congrats, England. You you beat us in the the naming of a bike swap. It sounds a little more fun, doesn't it? Like a bike swap oh, yeah. sounds like serious business, and a bike jumble mm-hmm. sounds like. Oh, there's no way I'm not walking out of here with everything that I want. This is great. Yeah. yeah. Like you show up ready to spend money. You just walk into the middle and you'd come out with what you wanted. Right. Yeah. yeah. So anyways, uh, good. Uh, thanks for everybody that was hitting us up at the Slow Ride Pod on Twitter. You can also find, follow us on Instagram, which we'll get to in just a second at the Slow Ride Pod. And email us at the Slow Ride Podcast at gmail.com. But let's get into probably one of the coolest stories of the week. We sent our crack reporter out to Hartford, Connecticut for the North American Handmade Bicycle Show. And uh, how did it go? How, how, like, what, like, what happened? Tell us a little bit about it. Did you see a lot of campy? Did you see a lot of goofiness? Um, was, was, uh, was lukewarm out there, you know, uh, scouting out the, uh, the materials. I mean, you know, I'm interested. I was looking for him. I didn't see Luke out there, but uh, yeah, I traveled down to uh, beautiful Hartford, Connecticut, Connecticut uh, Convention Center. I think is uh, the location that it was at. Um, serious business. It was a big show. It was cool. I have not been to NABS before. Uh, I've been to many other bike shows, um, but it was cool. I had a nice vibe. Uh, everybody was very. Uh, chill, and there was a lot of cool stuff to look at. I gotta say, uh, if if Nab shows up in your neck of the woods, um, I would make a I'd make an effort to get to it if you can. Sounds like it's gonna be back in Sacramento so, next year. <clears throat> couple of questions for you, Spencer. Um, yeah, how was the turnout? How was the turnout crowd wise? And then also, how many booths were displaying? So I've heard that it's increased in the past. Like in the past, it's been really big. And then there's been some years where it's been small and pretty expensive for, uh, yeah. you know, people to show up on the other side of the country. So well, they do do a good job of yeah. moving it around. Yeah. So. That's part of the deal is it does move locations every year. And I think it's to help people out. Like, I don't know. Like sometimes it's on the West coast, sometimes it's East, whatever. And yeah, but yeah, it was a big show. It was, um, I don't know how big I was expecting it to be, but it was, it was an appropriate size. You could, you were not overwhelmed, uh, but it was big enough that you didn't feel like it was a waste of time either. Um, and I felt like it was pretty busy. I was there on Saturday, uh, you know, and, and the folks that I talked to uh, who were there on Friday said it was about the same uh, busyness on Friday as well. So sounded like they had pretty good traffic. Um, little guy. So like 50, 50 exhibitors. I'm just kind of curious, just trying to like place it. Like how many aisles um, did you walk up and down? Probably six aisles. Okay, so so good size, like a yeah. big frostbite kind of, or uh, uh, maybe even a little bit bigger. Yeah, definitely so. bigger than frostbite. Okay. Yeah. Okay, it's good to know. Yeah, no, it was good. Um, I did see a, a bunch of campy uh, disc brakes. Uh, they had those on display, the campy booth. Um, so a bit, I was sure to check those out and feel feel the hydraulic hoods and uh, just uh, you know feel the pain emanating from them now as they knew that camp- there were monstrosity in this world that should not exist now campy is the number one component group out there the only probably component group that was out at north american handmade bicycle show and yeah. uh no- nothing is gonna I w- I hit would- them off the top step right yeah i would say uh shram was also there but you know they couldn't knock uh campy off the uh off the top step that's for sure um shimano was also there but yeah, I don't. Oh, I, so that's three. There's no one else. I don't think they could knock Campy off the top step either. But there was a fourth one. Oh, Whoa! Tell, tell me more. The uh, the rotor group was on display uh, at at Nabs. Uh, they had it uh, piece by piece, so you could pick it up and play with it. See how light it was. They also had it built up on a bike on a trainer, so I got to ride the rotor. Oh, group. you did. Oh, <laughs> how was it? Yes, I did. I had to wait there for a moment and uh, and say, "Hey, I need to get on this bike." Yeah, <laughs> yeah, how, yeah. how long was the line <laughs> I, for people riding rotor? Um, it was a couple minute wait. I wouldn't say it was too crazy, but uh, yeah, I had to make sure I got on that bike. Yeah. So, so I could rub it in little guy's face. So, t- so tell us about it. Oh, yeah, tell me because I have a trainer story for you that involves Rotors? shifting. Okay. Um, and it'll be funny after this. All right. Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna tell you, little guy. The shifting was I was curious how hydraulic shifting would work. Um, yeah, and worked just fine. 
I, I yeah. had no drama. I would assume so. <laughs> I was bumping up and down. Like, I was trying to mess it up. You know, I was, like, mis- cross-shifting and, like, doing the front yeah. and the rear at the same time and all this stuff. And uh, it was fine. Um, Did it feel more campy-like or Shimano? In my experience, I don't have a lot of Shimano experience, but it always feels too light to me. I like... Campy always has a nice positive clunk. Like, it, like yeah. you can feel... Like, when you shift down with Campy, you can feel the steps, where sometimes Shimano is sort of just, like... It's no, too smooth, it's, and I'm like, did I shift? It's more, it's more towards the campy side. I don't know right. if it's that like heavy. That. Um, yeah, it could be in the shram uh, realm, which brings me to what I think you may may or may not like about this group, which I'm not sure. I'm I'm curious to get your opinion on it. Do yeah. you know how the levers function? Like how how the shifting actually works? I thought it was sort of a shram thing. Yeah, it is. It's no. exactly like the double tap uh, setup. Yeah. So, you know, yeah. One click I mean, for, for one direction, a little bit further click for uh, for the other. Yeah, I don't I like mean, that. I I've only ridden SRAM. I've ridden SRAM twice in races. In but, you know, it's been weird circumstances. Like one time where I borrowed a bike because I found out my frame was cracked. Oh. So I like borrowed a bike at a crossway. So I like quickly borrowed a bike, and and it was it's hard to, at first, but I mean I got used to it throughout the race. And one time I got. A Madone neutral bike at a road race. That was pretty <laughs> with, funny. I remember that. That had SRAM because I broke my chain. Um, and that, and then I basically just did a ride on it. And I got used to it. It's fine. <laughs> um, I mean, I was like, by the time they got me this bike, it was like I was so dropped. It's not like I was making. So it that back was to a Peloton. that was a great race because we were in the one uh, two field or the one two three field. Mm-hmm. I don't remember, but it was one of the few races that we actually took a nature break during the race. The whole the whole Peloton. Were I'm you the, sure you were you there did, for yeah. that, or did that happen no, after your? No, it was uh, chain? end of the first lap, and we <laughs> came down that big descent. Yeah, like it had one one big climb, one big descent, like every Minnesota race. And um, you know, they were on the opposite sides of the course from each other. And I came, we came down that descent, and we came around the corner. And you know, you just everybody gives it a couple out of the saddle kicks before everybody regroups, and my chain just snaps in half. <laughs> and I was like. It was one of those weird, you know, sometimes you're like something breaks on your bike in a race and you're like, that makes sense. I've been ignoring that. Um, sometimes stuff breaks and you just, you got no idea. You had no idea it was coming. <laughs> it just, it's just like, what so, the hell? So you rode SRAM. This, the rotor group is similar to SRAM. Do it we is. know a, when is it? It's a full group, right? Like, so you're going to be able to go in and yep. buy a rotor group. Yeah. Yep. Do we know when it's going to become available? Yeah. Ever? Well, I mean, they had it, so pretty soon, I guess. Okay. Is it going to be OEM'd on any bikes? Like, did they no. talk anything I'm about just, that? There's no way. They make one group. It's yeah. not like they even have levels. I didn't okay, bother so they only to have ask one group. them. It's basically they... like they're trying to fight Super Record, Red, and Durace. Like so that, it's top I mean, end. Oh, yeah. It's it's like lighter than Durace, isn't it? It's, it's super, it's super It's the light. lightest group on, yeah. on the market. Yeah. It's, it, yeah. It was, I picked up the, the levers uh, that they had on the table, and they... They were significant, like they were pretty light. It was nice. Did, did did you pick them up and make the joke like, "Whoa, you guys better button these, batten these down, or otherwise they're just gonna float away." <laughs> I did not. No. It's oh, hydraulic. You mean they're filled with helium fluid? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, it makes sense that they're at a thing like uh, the Handbill Bike Show because because that's their market okay. is, no. you know, people doing custom bikes or someone who wants to like build a bike around a group. And and really customize it because they're not they're not dreaming they're gonna be on any normal. Where's Rotor from? Germany. They're Spanish, I think. Spanish, okay. Yeah. So I learned a lot. Um, Spencer (laughs) at the North American Handmade Bicycle Show. Yeah. Um, one of the uh uh, prizes I saw that uh, Campy was sponsoring, like the best Campy build competition. They were giving out the corkscrew that had like the uh, you know the the Campy that was pretty cool. Did you? Were you able to see any of like the juried prizes or anything like? Were, did anything blow you away? Like what? What did you really take away? Uh, Are you into titanium? Oh yeah, there was there was so much titanium there, Tim. I actually got a uh, photo for you of the dean booth with a lot of <laughs> gray gray haired old men in there. Um, so 
So that was that was it for you. I also saw the Moots booth. I know that uh, you've you've turned yep. from being a Dean man into a, into a, <laughs> a Moots you, man. So fake Dean man, counterfeit for, for black market don't know, Dean man. Yeah. For those that don't know, I bought a sweet um, Dean cr- cyclocross bike years ago mm-hmm. with mm-hmm. perfectly placed stickers. Yeah. Only then did we realize it was a like specialized hybrid that had yeah, drop bars. It had very so, weird geometry. <laughs> Spencer, goofiness. Come on. Like what what did you see? Like any so, like okay. penny farthings? Like there has to be something. There was no penny farthings. There was a, a, a tandem time trial bike that was awful. That was the worst thing that I saw there for sure, as far as hurting <laughs> my brain. Horrendous. It was a great looking bike otherwise, but it just it was very sad. It made my it made my soul sad. Um you know, uh, the the bike that blew me away, and I don't know, I did watch the awards and stuff, and, and it didn't win anything that I'm aware of, um, but the bike, and this is going to make you happy, Tim, and I'm, I'm regretting this already, <laughs> but I think for me, the bike of the show, and if you guys are searching the nabs, uh, you know, tag on Instagram or whatever, try and find it, very, very cool was a Panasonic. Yeah. They yeah. had a gorgeous, gorgeous, like uh touring type of bike out there with the best paint job in the room for sure. Without doubt. Uh, it was so good. They had only two frames in their booth. There were no people in their booth. I was just there poking around at their bikes and you know, the one bike, did they have my frame. track bike. No, they did not have your track. bike. Uh, um, weird. Although uh, the Squid Booth, they did have uh, one of their Shred to Ed 26-inch BMS bikes, all with gold components on it. It reminded me of your track uh, bike. So Panasonic, I didn't know that they went to NABS. Yeah, I was uh, I was surprised to see them there. Um, the the bike was incredible. Like I'm not going to sit here and describe every component and part on it because that's whatever, but try and find it. It was, it was really cool. Um, bike of the show now, for me. This- do they have a waiting list for custom? Like, tell me a little bit about Pan. Like, this blows my mind. I thought Panasonic as a bike company was completely done with. Like, they they're there. Yeah, they exist. I thought they're just making cassette tapes and stuff now. I don't know, but okay. Cassette well, I'm gonna, I'm gonna I'm definitely gonna be looking at this. Um, okay, and then now in years past, uh, Steel, like in the first nabs that showed up, I remember like Johnny Cycles was there. Yeah. Steel was the material of the show. Yeah, and then it went to Titanium for a little while, and then obviously. Um, I believe like Allied Cycle Works and Alchemy with the carbon fiber custom uh, builds became the um, you know the the show stoppers the show stealers. Yeah. What did you feel on material? Like what was the what 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 are we at now in the um, the handmade scene? Uh, I think is I think there's a pretty good split. I think it's still a lot of steel uh, and a lot of great looking steel bikes. Like so many people are so talented uh, at what they do, but I do think probably titanium is. I don't know if it was the biggest presence there, but I think it's it's the material of choice. You know, if people could okay. use titanium, they did. Uh, not a ton of carbon, definitely some, but, uh, you know, a lot of that kind of uh, steel or titanium lugs with carbon tubes and things like that, um, you know, as far as carbon stuff. Any um, fat bikes? A lot of fat bikes, percentage, you know, just curious here. <laughs> I, I'm assuming that a fat couple over? of years ago, it was all fat bikes. Uh, this year I saw, okay. I saw a handful, um, a handful. Okay. I would say, uh, 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 the bike packing and touring bikes were by far the, yeah. the choice, uh, build for people there, uh, this year. That makes sense. And any, you show uh, off your 4,000 options. Yeah. Any, uh, now, you know, I'm in the market for cargo bikes. Did we see any cargo bikes on there? Uh, no, no. So, no. so this is a lot of touring, a lot of uh, yeah. gravel, backpacking. All right. So overall, you recommend this experience if it comes to your neck of the woods. Check it out. Um, there, and There was a uh, yeah. little guy, just, just heads up. Mm. There was one custom uh, van uh, builder there who was <laughs> outfitting yeah. vans. Yeah. Oh, like like uh, with racks and, like the, and, and no, like and, cu- full custom interior. Camp, oh, turning really? your Ford Transit shell uh, into mm. a uh, camper van. Um, That's it was pretty cool. I, um, it was pretty cool. They did a, w- a really good job with it, except for everything was backlit with this kind of neon blue glow behind it, 
And mm-hmm. it uh, very much made me feel like I was walking into the Iowa stereo section of Circuit City in <laughs> so 1995. Nice. <laughs> that would be awesome. I know. So it I looks, knew you would it be looks really it. impressive to the uh, like 14, 15 year old in you, and it broke a year later. Check out our um, check out our Twitter feed. We're gonna put up some links of uh, some various photos that were on our Instagram, and then also. The best place I've found so far for those that are looking, you can head over to the Radivist. They have some pretty good uh, um, galleries of some of the different bikes. But definitely check the NAHBS um, hashtag on uh, Twitter. You're definitely going to be able to come across some um, some good things. And uh, Spencer, thanks for uh, making the way out to uh, Hartford to uh, uh, take a look at uh, what's going on in the world of handmade. Yeah, I did. I had to do what I could. And you know, uh, just for the record, I want to say the uh, beard to, to mustache ratio is. Mm-hmm all askew there were far far more mustaches than beards uh, at the show which was kind of blowing my mind but i guess that is where we are at it's 2018 wow well all those custom builders they really want to stand out you know i guess with their mustachios (laughs) um so you rode that rotor group and it was good and it was smooth and it was nice i rode uh the trainer this week uh and with i was on zwift I got on the Zwift. I was cranking out the watts. Okay. And I was riding my cross bike, uh, which, if anyone remembers back from cross season, involves a right um, bar end shifter for shifting the rear and a campy 10-speed uh, go <laughs> up on the for the front because I could Jesus. never get my, my campy back together. So my rear shifting is super smooth on the trainer, and my front had been fine, and I was cruising along, and I was chasing this Norwegian dude. <laughs> and we were like, we're going back and forth on the climb uh, for like 10, 15 minutes. And he'd put in a little dig and he'd get a little gap and I'd chase him down and vice versa. And at one point, I had to throw it in the big ring to keep up with this dude, right? So I was like, sweet, I'm putting the big ring. I'm going to feel like Bjarni Reese on yeah. a climb. Oh, yeah. Just, I'm going to do, do the whole climb in the big ring out of, you know, out of the saddle. It's going to be sweet. So I went to shift and... uh you know, I shifted and it was kind of rough. It was kind of like I had a little resistance and it it almost got shifted all the way up. And then my shift lever, like the little paddle that shifts up, snapped in half and flew across the room and bounced off the wall. <laughs> wow. So what? this is... So I had wow. a mechanical so- <laughs> walls whifting and just broke. And I just immediately... Uh, shifted do? it down into the little <laughs> ring and just and just you sort of like your... stopped yeah. spinning and just sort of sat there for a minute. And it was like I can't believe I just broke my other shifter while zwifting. And I I that was it. I spun out the legs for five minutes and I got off the internet. You didn't right. you for didn't... Uh, neutral support in in Zwift uh, yeah. Watopia. No, I mean, so I could have press F five, but I was only <laughs> you know I couldn't I couldn't get in the big ring, so I was my. You know, my biggest gear was whatever thirty nine, twelve or something, and I couldn't keep up with this dude. Like we hit a little little descent for a second. Anyway, well, two uh, two things of advice for you, little guy: either yeah. press uh, Control W to call um, uh, neutral support and Zwift. That would okay. uh, definitely help. Or second, just go, hey Alexa, mm-hmm. send neutral support to <laughs> yeah. Zwift Island, and then uh, maybe they'll show up. Yeah, yeah, I'll tell my smart speaker to tune to NPR. And then it'll just work out perfectly. <laughs> yeah, so I don't know. Wow. You guys ever had a mechanical when you're riding Zwift? <laughs> nope. No, uh, not not that I can think of. I had a slow flat, you know, like I had a slow leak in my front <laughs> tire too, uh-huh. which I know about that. Like I, the, the wheel that's been like on my bike that's been on for the trainer for like, I haven't changed the tube in it in like two years and it has a leak. So I have to pump it up really high. And then it, by the time I want to get off the trainer, it goes flat. Yeah. Just kind of like a good indication of like, I should go do something else with my time. Yeah. Um, a couple of uh, quick housekeeping items for you. First off, TJ Van Garderen got third today. Yes. So open yes. up your minds to TJ Van Garderen yeah, yeah. taking over um, the GC reins for BMC. Um, so that's going to be around the corner. Uh, we'd also want to remind people we are planning on doing a women's world tour, uh, jersey draft. We are in the process of trying to track down a lot of these. Unlike the, um, the men's world tour where it's a defined 18 teams, there's a lot more teams that can race in the women's world tour. So you got to, you know, track down a lot more teams to kind of see where the, the, the kits are. If anyone has any websites out there, 
please send them our way. We've been looking at Ella. Pro Cycling Stats does not have them. Uh, maybe there is a, uh, a a blog or a site out there that you know of that has all of the jerseys as they're being released with the Women's World Tour starting up very soon. We'd also like to thank uh, Endurasport.com with the coupon code WIDEANGLE20 if you live in the U.S. Coupon code is good through the end of the month. Save 20% off on your next purchase at Endurasport.com, the brand of Mobistar and Danny McCaskill and the Cervella Bigla team. We'd also like to thank Health IQ. Uh, go to healthiq.com slash slow ride. Um, it's a, a great, great place. We'd like to thank all of the listeners that have done that. And uh, thank you very much. And with that, we'd like to um, thank you for listening to the show and uh, rate and review us on iTunes and Apple um, podcasts and email us at the slow ride podcast at gmail.com. This is Tim in Orlando. This is Matt in Minneapolis. And this is Spencer in Boston, and we will see you on the Greenway. The Slow Ride Podcast. Bikes, advice, and rumors straight from the source. TheSlowRidePodcast.com and on Twitter at TheSlowRidePod. even tell you guys that uh last week i was on the greenway and i rode over to the lakes to go skiing so i rode over with my ski boots on with my cross-country skis like on my handlebars and so i only saw a few people on the greenway but they all looked at me like i was crazy and i you know like usually my stories are about how somebody else is crazy on the greenway but i was definitely the crazy one <laughs>